Yo, Trey. Kevin, what's up, man? You know, I've been thinking, what would have happened if the NBA never vetoes the Chris Paul trade to the Lakers and we get CP3 in the same backcourt as Kobe in L.A.? Well, you get a very happy Jack Nicholson, for sure. And the Lakers probably win a bunch more championships. CP3 finally gets a ring or two or three. And the Kardashian empire is forever altered. What did you just say? Hey, everybody, I'm Trey Wingo. And I'm Kevin Frazier, and we're teaming up on a new weekly sports podcast from Wondery Alternate Routes. As former sports center anchors and current sports obsessives, we're consumed by all the what-if questions that make being a sports fan so excruciatingly fun. If you're like us, then you also live and die on the fallout from every drop pass. Or play call. Each week on Alternate Routes, we'll take a flashpoint in sports, break down what actually happened, then explore every alternate scenario and the ripple effects it would have caused. Follow Alternate Routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. Passion drive and patience what brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive ebay motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance from superchargers roof racks exhaust kits led headlights and more whether you're into speed power or style ebay motors has got you covered with over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die you'll always find exactly what you're looking for And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Let's talk to the Diddy because Ray Diddinger, of course, we love having the Diddy. By the way, we have an announcement with the Diddy here today. We're going to get to that in short order, but an awful lot of sports to talk about with uh, our pal, our guy, Mr. Ray Diddinger. Ray Diddy, how are you, sir? Good morning, Joe. How are you doing? Oh, just fantastic. Better talking to you, Ray. Ray, I got this guy named Andy from Deptford on my board, and I thought, I thought... Oh, he's the real X's and O's guy, right? He's the real annoying guy. Like, that's the main thing I'd say. Like, like, I had the choice to go to Andy from Deptford next or Ray Diddinger. And on behalf of 100% of listeners, I said, I'm going to go to the Diddy. You see what I see? (laughs) Ray's live. Ray's hot. (laughs) There you go. All right, Ray, uh, great having you on here. Let's get to a lot. And let's start with with this, with the Eagles. And we'll branch out. We'll cover a lot here today. Um, Two weeks to training camp. Let me ask you on Nick Sirianni. Are you sold on him? He's had a great start to his career. He also had two unique advantages last year. He had the best team in football, at least most of us think he did, best talent, best roster. And he also had literally the easiest schedule in football. So how Mm -hmm. sold are you on this guy's definitely the guy, or do you think the jury's still out? No, I'm a believer. I'm a believer. I am. Uh... Uh, I had every, I had all the same reservations everybody else had when they hired him. I didn't, I really didn't know very much about him. I mean, I knew who he was, but I didn't know much about him. Uh, and you know, we all remember the first press conference. So uh, I had a lot of the same doubts that other people did uh, initially. Uh, and you know, at the start of his first year, oh boy, you know, six weeks in, yeah, I, 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 I was really wondering. Um, but since then. Yeah, I, I, I believe in him. I, I think he's a, I think he's a good coach. I think he's very smart. Um, I, I always kind of judge coaches a lot by how uh, how you see players uh, respond to them, uh, and how how much trust you see the players have in that coach. 
Uh, and, and I'm not just talking about lip service. I'm not just talking about at the podium saying the things that you're expected to say to any given question. But just in talking to them and just sensing the genuine belief that they have in what this guy draws up for them every week and giving them the best chance to win. Um, I get the feeling that this team, and it's, you know, you got a lot of guys in this team that have won for a while and know, know their way around the sport, but they believe in this guy. I mean, that's what comes across to me. So if they believe in him, so do I. We know the offense is incredibly talented. We also know we have a new offensive coordinator in Brian Johnson. How do you expect the offense to look different this year, Ray? I don't think significantly, John. Uh, I mean, I, I think I, I have I probably have a little bit more concern than a lot of people do about the, about the right guard position. Yeah. You know, I mean, most people just kind of you know Isaac say Amalo and shrug their shoulders. You know, um, it's not that simple. Uh, I mean, they have to find somebody to play there, and they have to so find. So you're still worried about the right guard spot. You initially yeah, yeah. you're saying Cam Jurgens uh, next to another smallish center. You're worried about how that works out in the NFL. Yeah. Yeah, and I want to see I want to see how it plays out, John. I mean, I'm not, you know, I'm just sort of reserving judgment. I, uh, I, th- I think that Samalo was was kind of overlooked uh, last year. I don't think people realize. I, look, he's not a, he's not a pro. He's not an all pro player, mm-hmm. nor do I think he's going to be. But he's he's a big physical guy who was very consistent and very smart. He didn't make mistakes, uh, and so he fit into that spot there, right between Kelsey and Johnson, very nicely. Well, they got to fill that now. And um, you know, and I and I know the first the first reaction and the first thing that the team put out there was, well, we'll give Cam Jurgens a shot at it. Okay, uh, you can do that, uh, but I don't think that that's necessarily the answer. You know, I th- I want to see how that plays out. Give him a chance to play out there, sure. Uh, but you know, I, I'm not just prepared to say, okay, okay, we're fine, we're good. You know, we got that covered, so let's move on. I think you have to figure that out. Um, you know, and I think that Tyler Steen, uh, when you look at where they drafted him. Um, even though he played mostly tackle at Alabama, um, is a guy who has that kind of size that he would fit in with the rest of that offensive line uh, and played very well at Alabama. So, you know, even though he's a third-round pick and you wouldn't necessarily think about third-round picks coming in and possibly starting on a Super Bowl team, but I think he could have that opportunity. And also, I'm not discounting Jack Driscoll, who everybody kind of looks at as a swing guy, but I think if you gave him a chance to compete for that job, he might be able to play there too. But the Mm -hmm. thing is, I mean, somewhere in there they have to find that answer, and right now I don't know who it is. Which Eagles running back do you like the best? (sighs) Swift. If... Assuming he can stay on the field, um, and I, I, I like Kenny Gainwell. I think he's and, and he, you know, he's a guy that I liked coming out of college, uh, and he's had the opportunity to play. He's played well, and certainly down the stretch last year and in the postseason, he played very well. Um, but DeAndre Swift, you know, I've I've seen him play since high school, <laughs> and so I'm, I'm aware of how good a player he is. And when he's healthy, um, he's he's a real fit for what this offense wants to do. You know, he's a better receiver. Uh, than Miles Sanders was, uh, and he's at least as equal and maybe a little bit better as a running back. Uh, it's just a question of can he can he stay on the field. But I think he has a chance coming here uh, behind this offensive line and being able to play off the threat that the running threat that's represented by the quarterback. I think he's going to have some real opportunities to to, to have some big games. So uh, you know I think that he's I think it's going to come down to to the health factor. If he can if he can have a healthy year, I think he could have a very big year in this offense. It seems as though the Eagles uh, like to talk Quez Watkins up an awful lot. Uh, how authentic is that? 
do you believe in quests? Um, not entirely. But I'm, but nor but nor am I at the position where a lot of fans are. Where a, a lot of fans that I've talked to have, have written him off. Mm-hmm. That uh, you know he's uh, you know you might as well just move on from him. You know I, a lot of people don't even care if he's on the roster at the start of this year. I, I want to give him another chance. I mean last year, last year was not a good year for him, and nobody's going to try to say that it was. Right. Um, but I but I do think that in this offense. With the threats that are represented by the other guys, with with Smith and Brown uh, and the tight end Goddard, I mean, you know, you know the kind of coverage he's going to see as the other receiver. I mean, he's going to be he's going to be one on one against the other team's fourth or fifth defensive back, and he's you know, he's going to have opportunities to make plays. And last year he had opportunities to make plays. I mean, they drew up plays for him. He had opportunities and he just dropped them. Mm-hmm. Um, I, th- I think he's. I, I know he's better than that. I mean, I've seen him be better than that. Um, it's just a matter of. I mean, last year was just a down year for him. But I think that uh, if he understands the situation, and you would hope that he does, or someone has made it clear to him that what's on the line for him coming into training camp this year is he's kind of kind of reprove himself. Now I'm. You know, I, I think he's capable of doing that, and I think if he reaches his potential, if he plays as good as he can play. He can be a real playmaker in this offense. I'm not talking about an 85 catch guy because in this offense that won't be that's never going to happen. But a guy that over the course of a season given the right matchup in a big spot could hit you three, four, five really big plays uh that could uh, you know maybe win a game for you. I think he has that kind of ability still, but I think right now I think last year just got off to a bad start. He just lost his confidence. And you just got to hope that he comes back this year and can rediscover it. Ray Dittinger with us here. Ray, let's flip it to defense. And, you know, one of the interesting realities of this team this year is they're going to be very reliant defensively on some very young players. Now, on one hand, they got a bunch of old dudes. You got Fletcher, you got Brandon Graham, you got Slay. Uh, obviously, you, you know, you got Bradbury. But then there's mm-hmm. a bunch of young guys, uh, first and second year players. Does it concern you to an extent, to any extent? that a team trying to go for a Super Bowl will have a lot of first- and second-year players on defense that they're trying to have get up to you know, speed quick enough? A little bit, you know, because you're right. I mean, one of the, you know, one of the things that you, you have to find out with this team is how much you lost off your defense and how much of it you can regain. You know, um, it's, that's going to be a real question. You know, Hargrave was a, was a real good player. Uh, and uh, so you're going to have to find out a way to replace his interior pass rush. Uh, you know, Chauncey, uh, Chauncey Gardner-Johnson was a real good player last year. I mean, he, he gave them a real dynamic playmaker in the deep secondary and actually proved to be better. He actually proved to be more physical and a better tackler than I thought he was going to be. Um, I mean, he came in and he really gave this team a, a jolt last year. And you're going to, and you're going to miss him. Uh, keeping Bradbury really helps, but... Yeah, uh, and your linebacker core is almost totally rebuilt. So, um, yeah, I mean, you're really going to need. I mean, you're going to need. <clears throat> listen, a lot of the, a lot of those young players that you drafted last year who really you didn't have to play a lot and could kind of sit back and learn. You know, Jordan Davis is going to have to play a lot this year, and he's going so to have to play like, a first, like and he's going to have to play like a first round draft pick. And Nicobe Dean, <clears throat> Nicobe Dean may be the most critical guy on the whole defense. I think you know what you're going to get from your veteran players. Uh, you know, your older guys for sure, and then you know, I think you see Josh Sweat, the way he's developing. I mean, he's just going to get better and better. I think he's going to be – he's already a good player, and I think he has a chance to be a really good player. Uh, and then the secondary, you've got some issues back there. But I think the key guy really is Dean. And 
Uh, I know there's some questions about him. Uh, you know, people are kind of taking a wait and see with him, and you're probably that's probably smart. But uh, I'm I'm a believer in, in the Kobe Dean. I mean, I saw him, you know, I saw him play, you know, his whole college career, and I saw him play on the best college defense I ever saw, that Georgia team, uh, surrounded by a bunch of guys who got drafted higher than he did, uh, and in big spots and in big games, everybody on that defense looked to him. Um, well, that tells me something. I mean, if you get that many good players that in a key spot in a big game are all looking at the same guy, that tells me that guy's pretty good. And uh, he's going to have the opportunity this year to show us how good he is. So we'll see. I know there's you – know, and until it's proven, it's, it's unproven. But I, I, happen to, I happen to believe that N'Kobe Dean's going to step in and play really well. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Ray, this next question, we've gotten different answers from, from different guests here in the last few weeks. Cowboys or Niners, which team is a greater threat to the Eagles? I just kind of assumed it was the Niners, but multiple guests of ours have told us it's actually the Cowboys. Which hmm. team do you think is the greater threat? Oh, the Niners. <laughs> I don't. I don't even have to. I don't even have to think hard on that one. So are you? So are, are you a believer in Brock Purdy, or that he'll be back soon enough? Because the the thought process for many guests that have said this to us is they either don't have a quarterback or they don't have a good quarterback. No, I mean if he's, we got to see how he comes back from the injury. Um, but I mean, he's. I mean he's no. I mean he's no chump. I mean I think that everybody just looks at where he was drafted and they just assume that he's. You know he's not very good. Um, I don't happen to agree with that. I, I think he's, I think he is pretty good. Now, uh, I, I think he had to be in the right situation to really show you how good he could be. I, you know, if you send him, if you send him to a lousy team, you know, then yeah, all of his limitations are going to be exposed, and he probably won't play very well. But I think he went to just the perfect situation in San Francisco. Uh, and I mean, a guy who's as smart as he is uh, and accurate. I mean, that that's the thing is. You know, everybody talks about this arm strength, the arm strength, the arm strength. And yeah, he doesn't have, he certainly doesn't have a great arm. Nobody said, nobody said that he did. Um, but, but what he has is he's, he's tremendously accurate. Uh, and he's, he's really smart. Uh, and that's really kind of what quarterbacking is in the NFL. I mean, it's great if you have a guy that can throw at 80 yards, but you don't win games in the NFL throwing the ball 80 yards. You win by being accurate, having good timing, and having good judgment. And he's got all of that. Um, I don't know that he's ever going to be, a, you know, a megastar in the NFL. I don't know that he's ever going to be a guy that's, you know, going to be knocking on the door in Canton. But in that offense and surrounded by the players he's surrounded with, he's certainly capable of winning games. He proved that last year. But, I mean, if you look at the 49ers, if you look at the 49ers roster top to bottom, um, yeah, I, I think that they're significantly better than the Cowboys. I, I think what's influencing some of the calls you're talking about, Joe, where people are talking up the Cowboys, it's – the simple fact, the Cowboys have given the Eagles problems. Yeah, that's part know? of it. Yep. I, mean, I mean, the Cowboys are, are beating the Eagles now over these last few years pretty regularly. And people's memory of last season is, you know, the Eagles struggling with the Cowboys, other than the one game when they were playing with Cooper Rush. Yeah. But over the last few years, you know, the Eagles have had battles with the Cowboys, and the Cowboys have been beating the Eagles with some regularity. Very true. Last time anybody, yep. last time anybody in Philadelphia saw the 49ers, they saw them in a championship game that was over at halftime. But I don't necessarily think that that reflects – how really good that team is. Ray Dittinger here. All right, Ray, let's do a couple of bounce-around sports questions. i got a few randoms for you. And I want to start with the baseball All-Star game from last night and something related to it prior to the game. We had a poll result yesterday in our show. The poll question was, 
will you prioritize watching tonight's baseball all-star game? We had four choices. One choice was, yeah, I'm going to watch all of it. 3% of people, three, Ray, said I'm going to watch all of it. And another choice was, yes, I'm going to watch it. I'm going to watch most of it. And 7% said that. Unbelievable. I mean, we had 61% of people, Ray, tell us they would not watch the All-Star game. What is your reaction to that? What, or put it put another way, what should Rob Manfred's reaction to that be? Uh, you should be concerned. <laughs> you should be concerned because the people that are the people that will be calling in on that poll are people who are by definition sports fans. Yep. They're listening to they're listening to this radio station, and they're in a city that is a big sports town and a city that's you know, that that they're by the way that's where the defending National League champions play. So this should be a, this should be a measuring stick that would indicate that would. You know, that would tilt heavily towards great interest in baseball or the All-Star game. And if that's the numbers you're getting, if I'm Ron Manfred, uh, yeah, I would, I would be concerned about that. Now, I know I saw, uh, I saw part of his press conference from out there, and he was, uh, oh, he was just jubilant, uh, jubilant to the point of being giddy about where baseball is right now. You know, he was talking about the fact that attendance across the league, attendance across uh, all of Major League Baseball is up almost 10%, which he thought was just tremendous. Uh, he's delighted with the rules changes. He said the average length of game is down 28 minutes uh, at this point for the season, which really is pretty significant. It's great. Um, yes, it's fantastic. Know, yeah, and I mean, uh, yeah, and then other stuff like stolen bases are way up. And, the, you know, I mean, uh, there are some good things happening with baseball now, yeah. unnecessary things, and good for him. Um, but I mean, he came away from it as if, Hey man, you know, I mean, he had like his party hat on yesterday, but the numbers that you're talking about. Yeah. I, I think that they reflect a larger issue. Look, I, you know, I'm, I, I, I'm a sports guy. I've spent my whole life in sports. I didn't watch the all-star game. I didn't. And I, 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 really, I assume 20 and 30 years ago, you would have gobbled it up the whole thing, right? Oh, absolutely. Yep. Absolutely. I mean, you know, I mean, 20 years ago, 30 years ago, or, you know, go back as far as like when I was a kid before yep. I you know, before I was working in this business, yeah, I absolutely, hell, I look forward to the All-Star game. You know, I used to circle that date on the calendar. But I think interleague play has just changed it all. You know, there used to be that great mystery of, you know, finally of getting to see Robin Roberts pitch to Mickey Mantle. You know, yeah. or something you would never see, I mean, except, except for the All-Star game. Or, you know, to see Pete Rose bat against Mark Fidricher. I mean, all of these things that can only happen in an all-star setting because there wasn't interleague play. There yeah. wasn't all of this back and forth. I think once you went to interleague play, I think that took a lot of that novelty and a lot of that suspense away. And, and frankly, I mean, this is just a side issue, but I, I hate these uniforms they're wearing now. You know, I thought one of the joys of the all-star yeah. game was seeing your guy out there in his uniform totally. playing in that, in, in that setting. I mean, one of these, you know, they, 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 I mean, they, look, they, look like, they look like softball. I hated it. I hated the pants, but more than anything, I hate it. You couldn't see the Phillies clear. I mean, I, I couldn't stand that. I, that yeah, really, it was really hard to tell who was who it was. and where they were from. It really yeah. was irritating. All right, Ray, uh, two, two more things here. The first is we're doing a show today and, and talking a lot of topics, but one of the main ones is you get to make any change in sports. One change, what would you make? And one of the topics that came up is to bring back the old NFL film stuff, like, like new content of the old NFL film style. And a caller said, ask Ray why that doesn't happen. Now, obviously, NFL Network came along. They do an right. excellent job. But my mm -hmm. point, Ray, is you could have all that newfangled NFL Network stuff and still do the old school NFL film style stuff with new content. Why don't they lean into something that was so universally beloved? Yeah, um, well, I mean, you just put your finger on it, Joe. I mean, new people are running the operation now. 
Um, is that know, is and, that and, is that Goodell? Uh, no. Well, I mean, it, it's you know, it's it's it, it was he was part of the idea of of creating NFL Network, which they wanted to have their own network. And when they had their own network, they were going to bring in their own people to run it, and they brought in most of them from ESPN. So what you see on the NFL Network is really kind of a mirror of ESPN, with just with a, with a heavier NFL flavor to it. But I mean, it's, you, you see it, it. It to me when I watch it now, it looks a lot like ESPN programming. You don't, you don't see that trademark NFL films, heavy music, right. slow motion kind of stuff that everybody associates with with NFL films. That 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 gave it a stamp that there was nothing else like it. Is there it because it's too like labor it. intensive, Ray? Like that was some deep, heavy, like I don't know, some deep cuts. You, the music was. So, so customized to the specific situation because Steve Sable was so into the music. You know, right. uh, is it just that it's too hard to pull off now because they no longer have those people who are so committed to that next layer of, I don't know, difficulty or intrigue or something? Diligence. They, they added, yeah, it was, it was yeah, so I, labor intensive. I, I, my take on it is, and I, was, and I was there, I was working at NFL Films when NFL Network was born when NFL Network when NFL Network came in and really kind of took took charge of how things were done there. And I, I just think the sense of it that I got from those guys is they thought that was just that was just old programming. That mm-hmm. that was just it was too slow. Uh, it was too over the top. Um, mm-hmm. That they were more into what television has gone to now, which is which is quick cuts, quick hits, quick comments, boom, boom, boom. You know the 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 slow motion shot of that football spiraling through the air, yeah. uh, with the music rising in the background. A lot of those NFL Network people looked at that and said, "Man, that's like yesterday." You know, that's that's not where we're going. That's not where we want to be. And mm-hmm. I thought at the time it was a mistake, yeah. uh, and I still think it's a mistake. There yeah. is some of that stuff still done. They still do some really good stuff. I mean, uh, the, the, like the America's Game series is really good. Yeah, it is. The football, the football life shows that they do are very good. But they're out of the NFL Films playbook. I mean, they they're done by a lot of the veteran NFL Films guys who are still there. Mm-hmm. And to me, it's still some of the best sports programming on television. But they don't. But the whole network isn't built on it the way it used to be. Totally agree. All right, Ray. Final thing, and it's it's something that I know we're real psyched here at WIP to announce, and I know you know about it, but it, it's to honor you, and it's to give uh, a lot of younger people throughout the Delaware Valley an opportunity to, you know, try to be the next you, so to speak. I mean, there's only one Ray Diddy, but you get the point here. Let me say this everyone listening right now. WIP is proud to announce the start right now, today, of the Ray Dittinger Internship Program. This internship will provide coaching, mentoring, and peer support, amongst other great benefits. It's going to begin this fall as far as the actual work itself, but the application process starts right now. It's going to be an internship that is a six-month structured job assignment that will provide career development, access to sports resources, and professional networks to develop your skills, provide hands-on training from the experienced WIP content team, all, of course, in the name of of the great Ray Dininger. Now, the idea of this was first announced, of course, Ray, uh, a few months ago with you, but the implementation of it now goes live. And for all those listening right now, all those parents out there, if you've got a son or daughter, you know they're interested in this, or perhaps you are a college student, you want to get in this, here's the deal. Go to odyssey.com. Once again, the website is odyssey.com. 
Those interested in the internship can go to odyssey.com and get to the careers pages, excuse me, the careers page for the internship program. Ray, congrats to you that this is happening because without your excellence, the reality is this would not be happening, at least not on this timetable. Yeah, how about that? I, um, uh, Rod Lakin, uh, our, out, our, your outstanding program director there, uh, talked to me about this uh, back at the time when I was retiring uh, and said this is something we would like to do uh, and put your name on it and, um, and have you be a part of it. And, uh, and I said, you know, I'm really flattered. I think that's great because, Joe, I'm sure you do, John. You may even get these too. But, I mean, I am always getting letters and emails from, from young people All who, are in, who are in college now yep. and say, Hey, I, I, you know, I want to do, I want to get into business. I, I, don't, I don't know how to start, but what advice can you give me, or how can I go about getting experience? Because this is what I want to do. Uh, and I mean, I get them all the time. Joe, you get them all the time. I said, John, you may get them too. And um, it's it's nice to have something you it's something tangible that you can point to and say, well, here, do this. You know, here, you know, contact these guys, put your name in the hopper, and 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 see if you get this opportunity, because. Um, it is a great business. Uh, it, it is a great career, and I was I was lucky enough, blessed really, to spend fifty years doing it. Uh, and I would I would like to at this point do what I can to help give some other young person that same opportunity. So I think this is great. Thanks to Rod for creating it. Well, listen, Ray. Congrats to you because again, it's got your name on it, and that's a big deal. Odyssey.com, the careers page, and. Uh... You know, we'll get we'll get a lot of future, uh, you know, WIP employees and people both locally and nationally. They can hopefully flourish in a very big way. Ray, um, awesome having you on the show. I know we'll we'll have you in studio here again sometime soon. Appreciate you as always being a huge part of the show. Thank you, Ray. Always a pleasure, Joe. Have a great day, guys. Right, Bye, Ray. Ray. The 